right mindfulness or right awareness or, or perfect awareness or attuned awareness and uh, the so um, the, the whole of the Satipatthana Sutta fits in here so it's just a little word, like two little words, samasati, but the, it kind of brings in the whole of the four establishments of mindfulness or the four foundations of mindfulness. Um, so it's kind of a huge, it opens up into a huge uh, practice and a huge topic in a way. But I'm not going to speak very hugely long tonight because I'm tired of after a late night or rather early morning <laughs> and uh, I expect you all are too. Uh, so sati or awareness is uh, you know, it's, a, it's a crucial factor in this path of awakening and often we we hear about samadhi and there's, there's a interest in samadhi and samadhi is you know, also really it's very good We'll be speaking about uh, the next, the next, uh, the last fold in the path is some samadhi, and samadhi is kind of a little bit more, you know, it's more attractive. It's it's like it's it's got it's got a nice feeling, and uh, it feels like you're really kind of getting somewhere when you've got samadhi. Whereas sati is is just like it's just this. It's just being present with this, and it, it, this isn't always that exciting. <laughs> and sometimes it's downright awful. <laughs> and, uh, and yet sati is the, the quality that we bring to this experience that's going on right now, whether that's the body, the, the um, feeling tones, the mind state, or the contents or objects of mind. And uh, it's easy to forget about sati and get involved in the objects, you know, so that maybe there's a painful feeling and the mind's just kind of locked onto that painful feeling and struggling with it and trying to find a way of getting rid of it so we can get a decent meditation going. And yet uh, to bring sati to that painful feeling is uh, it brings us back onto the path, and uh, and sati generally comes along with a with a friend or two. So in the in the 
Eightfold Path, it's got seven good friends there. And uh, so sati on its own is, is simply awareness, but awareness, just awareness isn't really enough. There needs to also be some, uh, um, there can be wisdom, satipanya. Uh, so if, um, awareness that is also aware of the arising and passing away of things. And there's also sati sampajanya. So um, awareness that's has a, a sort of clear discernment as to what to do with what's going on. So, um, you know, at any moment, I think it was uh, Ute Janiya who said, at, at every moment we are cultivating the mind in some way. So there is no, there is no time, there is no moment, conscious moment, where we're not cultivating the mind. But what are we cultivating in the mind? <laughs> so uh, sati is, is really important for, for keeping things on track if we want to walk this path of awakening. Uh, and basically, you know, when there's sati, there, you know, it is in itself a wholesome state. So if we bring, well, some are satis. So if we bring uh, sati or awareness to a feeling tone, immediately, regardless of whether it's a pleasant feeling tone or a painful feeling tone or a neutral feeling tone, immediately there is an alignment with the path and uh, there is clear, clear seeing, clear knowing. And then um, we might find, you know, that that uh, maybe there's a pleasant feeling and then there's like, hmm, that's nice, I want more of that. So if we notice that, it's, it's like the uh, feeling tone has a kind of a push to it. There's a sort of a push or sometimes a pull. That uh, if, we, if we don't have sati, strong, uh, clear sati, then we don't notice it and then we're just pushed around or pulled along with uh, the pleasant or the painful feelings that arise. And they can be bodily feeling, or they can be mental also. You know, uh, so in the, the bodily would be um, sukha for pleasant and dukkha for unpleasant and nidukkha, nisukkha for neither pleasant nor unpleasant, the neutral. And uh, for the mind there's, there's dhammanasa, uh, which is the um, it's like the painful mental feeling or difficult mental feeling and somanasa, the pleasant mental feeling. So when there's sati, we're not just pushed around by those, those uh, pleasant, painful and neutral experiences, but we have, we have some sati sampajanya, when, when we have mindfulness and clear comprehension, then there's some recognition of what's going on and, and a choice in, in what we do with it. And when there's no sati, then we're, then we're lost in the, we're kind of pushed around by the, uh, the moods and the feelings and the, the wants and the, not, and the don't wants that, are, that arise. So it's said that we you know when there's no sati, 
inevitably there will be greed or hatred or aversion, let's say, hatred is a bit strong, there will be greed or aversion or delusion present. <laughs> so sati is a very, very important aspect of the palm. And, uh, and then the good, the good news is that, you know, if there's greed, hatred or delusion or any combination of those three present and and you know, so and a few people here have said, "Oh gosh, you know, I spent this much time just sitting in meditation, totally lost and totally caught up in this and the other." And then I finally saw it, saw what I was doing. And so, the moment that happens, that we see, oh my goodness, I've been completely lost in a in a delightful fantasy or in in, a, in thoughts of ill will or you know whatever it was or, or hating the feeling in my painful hip or whatever it is, and then the moment uh, that we notice that, often what we do is we notice it and then we kind of chastise ourselves for having been doing that for so long, when we should have been mindful. So uh, really what we need to do is, is like celebrate, <laughs> because the mindfulness, the sati, the awareness has, has cut it. It's not that it necessarily goes away, the feeling doesn't go away, but we, it's cut the, the lostness into that feeling or that uh, experience and, and suddenly we're aware, there's awareness. So that's a moment to celebrate, it's not, it's not a moment to then immediately cast, you know, chastise oneself for not having had that sooner. So any moment of mindfulness is uh, something to rejoice in. And you know, when there's strong, when mindfulness is strong, it's not too concerned about what it's mindful of, just as a, just as a mirror isn't concerned about what it's reflecting. It's just, it's just doing its job of reflecting and, and sati has that quality too. And when the sati is weak, then, you know, maybe we bring sati or awareness to uh, something that's difficult and then it also gets a bit entangled and we get we get lost in the difficult thing and then and then we sort of maybe mistake the the sati for you know we, we sort of get it mixed up and we think oh no i don't want to bring i don't want to bring awareness to that thing because it's it's really painful and so i, I don't want to i don't want to go there but it, when the sati is strong it's not a problem we can take it we can bring it to anything doesn't matter how scary, how awkward, how embarrassing, how painful, how delightful. Well, delightful can be a little bit more challenging, actually. Um, <laughs> it is. We, it's got to be a bit more strong than delightful. Um, we can we can know what's going on, and then with the um, clear comprehension of sampajanya then we know what to do with that. So sometimes we need to just um, turn our awareness to, to something else, or we need to broaden our awareness or, or focus in. So the Sampajanya is, uh, is, like, is like a wisdom aspect, or a discernment aspect that knows what to do with what, it, what the Sati finds. And when we first start to, like before we start to meditate, 
for most people there's just this kind of enmeshedness of, of our experience and a, and a sense of, of, of self or and it's, everything's just all kind of one thing and there's no or there's rarely uh, a sense of being able to be aware of what's going on in a, with some equanimity we're just kind of in it and then when we start to meditate we, we, we get to see that and sometimes it's a little bit shocking <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then we can develop this practice that's known as the watcher or the knower where there's a bit of a, a, a sort of a, a stepping back from our experience so that we can see it more clearly so we're no longer enmeshed in it but we're, we're leaning back a bit and we're, we're looking at it from a, bit of a, a little bit of a distance not too much of a distance, otherwise we're totally dissociating, but a little bit of a distance. <laughs> and that gives us the, the chance to, to know um, these states, you know, painful, pleasant, neutral states, which are generally much more complex than that. You know, there's all kinds of um, more, more complex kind of feelings and moods and so on going on. But uh, the, that distance gives us a chance to get to know what's going on and then get to know how it works and <coughs> what it feels like. So I remember on a walking path, walking meditation path once, getting really intimately getting to know anger, really getting to know what it feels like, where it is, how it moves in the body, even kind of what colour it is. For me, it's like, okay, it's got colour, it's got different ways it moves and where it is in the body. And, and being able to move away from the, the storyline, the narrative, very important. Leave the narrative. The narrative is not going to help. But to, to come into to bring awareness to the, the, um, the actual direct experience. And then the, the Sampajanya or the, or the clear comprehension knew to just stay with that, to just stay with that get to know it, get familiar with it and uh, so that it's no longer it no longer has mastery over me and, uh, and then the, the, the satipanya, the, the, the awareness with wisdom is, is that which recognises oh there it is, you know, it's arising, it's really really strong it's powerful and it's, it's got all this energy and then it changes not just that it goes away but it's changing all the time it's constantly changing. And then at some point, after walking up and down for quite a while, it finally subsided. And it's like, ah, oh, <coughs> nice. And then there can be awareness of the absence of anger. Like, oh, that's nice. And then, uh, and that's nice for a while. And then that gets to be nothing in particular. You know, and then that gets it's kind of harder to stay with because it's not exciting. But the, the sati uh, does really need to be brought to, to everything, everything yeah, we experience. And um, so, and the beauty of this practice is that we can practice it while we're, in, while we're in formal meditation, and we can practice it pretty much whatever we're doing. So, uh, and the encouragement is to, to, to keep as much as possible a continuity of uh, awareness practice. I think one of the, the biggest uh, challenges to that is uh, the phone. 
because it's so you can just absorb into your phone and lose yourself. So it's very difficult to, to maintain sati awareness and or the laptop, you know. It's difficult to maintain, it's not impossible, it totally can be done, but it's difficult to maintain sati. And, and there can be these kind of, you know, you can be practicing awareness and then you just like, I haven't got a phone, but you, you can just like put your phone on and, and start something and then you, you find yourself like an hour and a half, two hours later, wondering what happened. <laughs> So that's another moment to be like, oh good, I'm back, you know, <laughs> let's, let's turn it off. <laughs> so, um, big challenge of our time. Um, so as we cultivate sati, we, we, we shift from being uh, from, from the, the moods and the feelings and the perception of the, of the mind and body being having mastery over, over our life to the awareness being a means to um, kind of take the reins as though you're, you're like driving a chariot or something it's like you take the reins with sati And Ajahn Chah gives this lovely image of, uh, you know, as he say, it's, it's as if you're in a room or in a kuti, like a one-room dwelling, and, and there's only one seat in the in the in the room. And if you if you're sitting on that seat, then you know all these. So there's like there's a there's a there's a room with two doors, and then there's all of these characters start coming in, you know, the seductive ones and the the rough ones and the the, um, the nagging ones and the you know all of the different ones that, all those different voices that we have in our heads start coming in the door and if if you're sitting on that seat there's only one seat if you're sitting on it then they might come for a while and they might you know they might try their their uh, various means <laughs> on you. But after a while they get bored and they, they go away because there's nowhere to sit down. They don't have a place. But if you're not sitting in that seat, if, you, if there isn't sati, then they're going to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to take over. And then you're like, ah, help, help me. <laughs> so uh, I love that image because it's like, okay, it's really important to keep in that seat. And, just, and then you just endure them, you know, you just wait, you wait them out. Sooner or later they're going to get bored, because you're not playing the game and they're going to move on. So it's kind of like that, and, and sometimes that can be going on in our practice, and we think, oh my goodness, my practice is a total disaster, and, because we're, we're seeing all of those characters, and, and we think that that's, you know, who and what we are. And, but if we're sitting in that seat of sati, it, they're just characters passing through, you know, and, uh, and the more we stay centered in that, in that seat, the less interested they are in coming around. It gets, it's not so much fun anymore. So gradually, gradually, we, uh, we reclaim <coughs> this life as, uh, as our uh, as our means to awaken, you know, this, this precious human birth. 
we gradually, gradually reclaim it with sati. And uh, also, you know, lovely that at any moment, at any moment, we can we can bring that in as soon as we remember, and then and then we can look at. So where where was I? What was going on there? You know, where was the mind? Was it was I caught? Was I just lost in? Maybe it might be a strong narrative of self, you know, or it might be a some sweet fantasy of some lovely something else that's better than this or it might be uh, you know the, the inner critic that's just nagging away judging away always telling you all the things that are wrong you know it can be any of those things so, and, and many other things so jealousy and fear there's so many things but we, we look at like well so what is it where has the where have we been pulled away what we've we been pulled away into and so that's this, the um, clear comprehension again, the Sampajanya, that looks and knows and is interested in the context. And so then we see, well, okay, is it, is it uh, you know, which of the hindrances was that? Was it doubt? Was it ill will? Was it sensual desire? Etc. And then once we know. So even knowing the hindrances, being present with the hindrances, is we are on track. It is uh, it is there in the in the four foundations of mindfulness or the four establishments of awareness. It's a different way of saying it. Um, the the last the fourth foundation points to having awareness of or awareness when the hindrances are present. So the awareness, you know, awareness of the hindrances is already, already on the path, and then, but then we don't have to just stay with them. You know, it's good to to work on transforming them or, or bringing a, a more wholesome quality to mind. And uh, sati is also the first of the seven awakening factors. It actually comes up all over the place in many lists. But that's a really, really important one. So, as soon as there's sati, you're 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 taking the first step on that on the path to awakening. You're back on track. And then, if there's a sense of interest and inquiry into what's going on, then you've taken a, a second step. And if you stay with it, if you put the energy in to stay with it. So you're not just like curious then on to the next thing. Then you've taken the third step, virya. So so this very, very simple. So so simple that it's like just those three qualities of sati, uh, dhammavichaya and virya, so awareness, um, inquiry or investigation and energy bring us back onto the path, we're right on the path there. And then as we stay with it, uh, other qualities start to arise. So uh, sati is, uh, is, easily, is easily overlooked as not being so kind of like... I mean, we kind of know it's important, but it's not exciting, you know. It's not like, it's not wow. It, it's very simple.
is so simple that we, we sort of overlook it. And yet it is this uh, really, really important quality that is needed for awakening. And it's not just for awakening in the future, but for awakening right now in the present. It awakens us to the present. And awakening with a big A is only ever going to happen in the present. It's not going to happen any other time. So it's very, very important. And I also like to uh, reflect on how it belongs, how the you know, Samma Sati belongs in, that, uh, in the Eightfold Path. Uh, so when we look at the four foundations of mindfulness or the four establishments of awareness, those uh, uh, awareness of body, feeling tone, mind states and mind objects, uh, it can be it can be just kind of uh, it can be a little bit just like too dry, and uh, so you know, those those first two factors of the Eightfold Path, uh, the wisdom factors of of right understanding and right intention, right thought, are very important. So right understanding is is understanding that. You know, everything's in a state of flux, it's all changing. So we bring that quality to, you know, the... So we, we, there's awareness that there's also noticing the, the changing nature of things, which is, which is also panya, actually, satipanya. And, uh, and right thought, or right intention, renunciation, compassion, kindness. So we're bringing those qualities along with the sati. The, the, the sati is within the, the context of right thought, if it's, on the, if it's part of the Eightfold Path. So it's not just cold, but it's like there's, there's, the, there's the warmth of, of metta, or the, or the gentleness of compassion, or the, or the, or the equanimity of renunciation. So uh, that supports the, those 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 two. I mean, all of the factors, but particularly very much those two factors of the path support the deepening and strengthening of of sati in our practice. When there's really strong uh, awareness, when awareness is really strong, there's, there's not really much room for the story of self. Sort of, because sati is always just immediate, it's very present and immediate. And, and the story of self just needs a bit of time, you know. So uh, it, can, it can bring some sweet relief from the old stories, you know, the narratives. They can just, it's just like this right now. So we can just do it now. What's it like? We turn our awareness back to this experience. What's it like to just be with this, with this body? Just like this. It may not be the way we would like it to be. You know, we may wish it was different, it wasn't aging like it is always isn't as heavy as it is, or it doesn't have that ache. 
or it may be that we we think, yeah, I've got a really good one <laughs> for a while. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, sati is just it's just knowing. So if that's part of the story, then you, then you know that too. It's like, oh yeah, that's, the, that's that delusion part. <laughs> and then you just come back to, what is it like? What is it like right now to, to be here with this body? And then and when we do that, we might notice layers of judgment, layers of um, Shoulds and shouldn'ts, or, or shame, or uh, or pride, that is connected with this body. So those are overlays, and then we can notice that, and then just like, what is it like just to be with the? What is it like to just contemplate that this body is made up of flesh and bones and skin and teeth and hair? You know, what is it like to contemplate that? And that it, that as we say in our mealtime reflection sometimes, that it, that it comes from the earth and it returns to the earth. It's true. So what is it like to, to contemplate the body in that way? And then there's, there's, for me, there's like a calming. There's just like a... Because it's, uh, it's just part of nature that's doing what nature does. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, this me, Ananda Bodhi, couldn't uh, direct what's going on here. I don't even know most of what's going on in here, let alone being able to sort of direct it. So it's not like this is me and mine. It's nature. It's amazingly brilliant <coughs> nature doing what nature does. And so when we, we reflect on the body in that way, there's like a they can, they can be like a calming. And, uh, you know, likewise with any of those four establishments of mindfulness, of awareness, there's, you know, when we're aware of, of, of the feeling tone just as it is, without uh, the add-ons. So, uh, you know, we, we become aware of pleasant feeling and then we want more, usually. And then we, we become aware of painful feeling, or painful feeling grabs us, and we want to get rid of it somehow, as soon as possible. And then, and then for a long time we just don't become aware of the neutral feeling. We don't notice it, because it's not interesting enough. So uh, the Buddha speaks about uh, the underlying tendencies, and so the underlying tendency, what was kind of hidden underneath, pleasant feeling tone is greed, the greed for more and more and more and more. And what's hidden beneath the feeling tone, the painful feeling tone is aversion. Get rid of it as soon as possible, I don't like it. And what's hidden beneath the neutral feeling is ignorance, because we ignore it. So. Uh, when there's sati, when there's clear, strong sati, we see those tendencies. We see those underlying tendencies that are, that are hidden there. 
And then we've got some choice. We don't have to just follow them. And uh, speaking a few days ago about the, the samsara, you know, that endless cycle of going towards what's pleasant and moving away from what's unpleasant, you know, it just it just goes on and on. It's the, known as the endless round of rebirths. It just goes on and on and on. Because uh, having a sensitive body, that it is impossible to have a sensitive body and only experience pleasure. Not possible. Completely impossible. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, in, in a, in the experience of the body is going to have pleasant experiences, it's going to have painful experiences, it's going to have neutral experiences. Right now, right now I could find all three of those easily here. You know, pretty much any given moment. Maybe occasionally there might be times when there's no painful feeling, you know, or no dukkha present, you know, sometimes. But that will only be for a little while and then, then it, you know, comes back. Um, so, because all three are always here or, or, or never far away, if we're, if we're looking for the pleasant and trying to get away from the unpleasant, it's going to be endless. It's going to be endless. So the, the, you know, the teaching is inviting us to, to turn back and look at all of it, to know all of it, and to develop the strength that can, that can be with the inevitable painful feelings that arise, and can be with the pleasant feelings that arise, and just experience them as pleasant, and then and that's enough, and watch them arise and, and gratify us for a few moments, and then change, and then end, and then and then there's that nothing in particular, or maybe even a bit of dukkha afterwards. Like to 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 know all of that, to know the whole cycle, and if we can uh, follow things through in that way, not just not just get the hit, you know but follow things through in that way, all the way through. It's a deep incentive to, to let go, to let go of that constant grasping and pushing away. And uh, you know, when we stop grasping and pushing away, then we're here, then there's just this. Then there's just present moment abiding. And uh, there's the relief from uh, the wanting and not wanting, and there's the the brightness that is not uh, that is different, you know, that is not found in the in the neutral or the dull. I don't say that neutral is dull, but it's that we don't. There's like there's a brightness, so uh, of mind of awareness. And, and that brightness isn't too worried about what it's experiencing, it's just interested. So sati, our very, very precious, this very precious quality, 
that is so easily overlooked. Yeah. And the, you know, it's like one can spend years just caught up in things, caught up in life, caught up in the story, caught up in plans and projects and future and past. And then a moment of mindfulness. Bing. It's like it's like lighting a, it's like being in a in a dark room for a long time and then lighting a candle. Suddenly all of that darkness is gone. So sati is like that, it's beautiful. It just it just it just brings light to what is. And then what we see might not be what we want to see. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can work on that. So, okay. So I'd like to end with a poem from Manny's book. So this is the this is the poem of, of summer. So there are two summers, and this is the second one. So this is another summer. Summer Bikuni. After twenty five years on the path, I'd experienced almost everything except peace. <laughs> when I was young, my mother told me I would find true happiness only in marriage. Remembering her words all those years later, something in me began to tremble. I gave myself to the trembling, and it showed me all the pain this little heart had ever known, and how countless lives of searching had brought me, at last, to the present moment. Which I happily married. <laughs> Can you imagine? We've been living together ever since without a single argument. <laughs> so, for that for tonight.